It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. All right, let's uh, take a moment, pause from the discussion over splitting the country and go to something that is actually dividing in many ways uh, the United States culturally, on social media and otherwise. George Farmer, uh, CEO of Parler, joins me. Uh, big tech censorship, the topic, but also how, how do we, George, really get back to a free speech centric environment and, and what are Parler's plans to do so? Hi, David. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here with you. Um, yeah, that's a great question. You know, how do, how do we return to the, the basis of civil discussion in society and, and get free speech flowing through the veins of the American lifeblood again? I think um, the basic answer to that has to be more debate is healthy for the civic institutions of America. Um, <clears throat> every time we try and shut down debate, what you do is you drive debate to the extremes. You force people offline. You force people into pockets where debate never sees the light of day. Um, to, to have good ideas, you need to have as many ideas in the marketplace of ideas. Um, that means more free speech. That means more ability for people to be able to communicate with each other. Um, what you're doing, what big tech is doing right now is shutting down as many ideas they don't like as possible. Uh, that becomes very dangerous because then, of course, what happens, people feel disgruntled. They they don't want to come to the public forum anymore. And ideas are left uh, to develop without thought or, or exposure to the light of day. Um, you've seen that happen many times throughout history where the governments have shut down debates. Debates have become more extreme. This has happened many times in Europe. Um, you know, you can see it even nowadays where governments in Europe control speech. You know, people become more and more extreme. Um, that's not what we want. We want an America which has a healthy national debate about many different topics. Um, and we want marketplace of ideas such as parlor where you're allowed to openly express those ideas without fear of censorship. And that's what the left and, and big tech consistently get wrong. They consistently think if we ideas more and more people will just agree with all things of course will not be completely false well whether it's the desired outcome or just uh, part of the effects of uh, whether it's throttling back uh, by censorship by throttling back or blocking or using various policy rules like twitter and and other social media platforms have done to to shut down dissenting voices, right? Big stories like Hunter Biden or simply someone who, you know, falls under the algorithm uh, that says you're writing too much of I like GOP or whatever, you know, whatever doesn't fit the algorithm written by people, by the way, they're getting it. So to, to get in and compete with them becomes the, the, the task here, doesn't it? You know, you can put up and Parler's done a good job of being open and free, but then you also need to broaden the audience and the reach. How do you overcome that challenge? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's something we talk about very often, which is, how do we get both sides of the debate into the debate, right? You don't just want to become an echo chamber. That's what the left does the whole time. They just become an echo chamber. Um, I actually have great faith in this 
area because the irony, of course, of the whole situation, let's take the transgender debate right now. Um, there are many people on the left of the political aisle who have been shut down on this issue because they, you know, subscribe to the feminist ideology that women are women and men are men. Uh, well, it's not a feminist ideology, but it's it's now become one, right? That's the irony of the situation. So you're seeing more and more people on the left who have been shut down over aching viewpoints, which were traditionally dominated by the right. And so what happens with the progressive left, the circle becomes smaller and smaller and smaller, right? You You have to cancel more and more and more people to keep up with the never-ending like isms that you have to subscribe to, you know, you're a racist, you're a misogynist, you're a sexist, you're a transgender phobe, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of these terms become harder and harder and harder to keep. Right. And so as a result, the more that the debate becomes ridiculous, the more people get canceled. And in turn, the more people therefore want free speech. I mean, I think it's very, very interesting, for example, like 10 years ago, if you'd asked me whether or not I'd agree with Russell Brand, I would have said absolutely not. You know, there were so many things that I disagreed with him about. Where are we now? Ten years later, he's just been cancelled by YouTube because he's talking about things like the vaccines. And he's basically saying these things do not, you know, they're not the silver bullet that everyone thought they were. In fact, maybe there's more to them and more discussion to be had about them than previously thought. Um, the circle gets ever smaller as you cancel more people, which means that more people are looking for free speech. More people are looking for those platforms that want to encourage debate. Um, that is, in turn, enormously encouraging for debate, right? That means that more people are coming to platforms like ours, using them to express themselves and to open that debate up that they can't have on other platforms. From a market perspective, George, my guest, George Farmer, Parler CEO, from a market perspective, right, if you're first to market, you hold that position and it takes time to change it. A part of what we're discussing here, Twitter was out there, Facebook, and, you know, they, they were there first. And now in comes the competition, which I favor. I, you know, I believe like you do in more voices, not less, more interactions. I want those who come from different perspectives to engage on what is even being now seen as uh, conservative social media or in any way not what they believe in. Why? Because I believe in that debate, even when it sometimes gets outrageous, right? That's actually, I think, part of it. But to strategically insert ourselves and to the point of people who are being canceled, you talk about Russell Brand. He reminded me of a conversation two days ago, a brief conversation with Sharon Osborne. Uh, and think about she was being canceled. You know, this is someone the left idolized for so many years, popular, you know, media figure. And suddenly she found herself being canceled. And we talked about that. It's such a difference when people's eyes are open. Can we draw more of those people in, and I would throw maybe even an inquisitive person like Joe Rogan into the mix, uh, maybe even a Richard Dreyfus on civics. It's a big thing for him. We disagree politically, but he puts it at his platform. And is it important or possible to draw people in with higher profiles to let people know that we have to have this discussion? Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I, I think it is possible to draw people in. And I think you're seeing more and more of those people being drawn in. Um, you know, you've obviously got your 
if if you're a conservative on social media these days, your probability of being cancelled is very high. You know, by by natural law, in many ways, you are therefore excluding a huge amount of commentators because a lot of commentators are conservative. Um, if you're if you're an inquisitive mind and you're going onto social media, your probability of seeing a left wing commentator is very high. After a while, that gets boring. Um, not only that, but the left-wing commentators themselves, as I said earlier, are increasingly being cancelled. So your probability of seeing somebody being cancelled is very high. I mean, take, for example, another another high-profile person, Naomi Klein, right? Naomi Klein was an advisor to Clinton's government, um, you know, friends with the Clintons, um, medical advisor. She expressed um, disagreement with uh, the policy on vaccines a while back. And she was cancelled by Twitter. Um, and, you know, she's been permanently banned and her account cannot be reopened. You know, that's a person who traditionally would have appealed to those on the left. And suddenly she's been cancelled. Um, as I said, Russell Brand, there are plenty of other commentators out there on the left who have also been cancelled for viewpoints that are not considered to be radical enough. In the UK, um, and I obviously say this as a, as a Brit, you know, the the UK, there is a incredibly hot debate in the UK, um, or I would say more hot than America's debate in terms of radical feminists taking the position that transgender ideology is not um, something that can be promoted alongside feminism, right? And this is, you know, the UK has now been nicknamed the land of the turf, which is the trans-exclusionary radical feminists. And uh, as a result, an increasing number of left-wing feminist commentators in the UK are being censored and shut down by the social media platforms who have taken the side of the transgender uh, group lobby. So, you know, there is a there is a smaller and smaller circle from which social traditional social media is drawing in terms of its commentators. It's got a smaller and smaller group because they cancel more and more and more people as they do that. The door is open for social media, alternative social media, to be to be in the place of, say, Twitter, of, say, Facebook, um, who have taken who have taken the side of the most uh, progressive arguments in the marketplace. Yeah, it would be one thing, George. And by the way, I mean, you have a you talk about Russell Brand, you have a fire brand of your own, literally in the home, and Candace Owens, uh, your wife, uh, when it comes to these issues, and she has a big platform. Uh, it would be one thing if it had, if it was a, call it a fair battlefield, right? You know, things were being thrown out there, nobody was being suppressed, ridiculous, outrageous, or truthful, fact-based reality. You know, the more, the real more voices, not less. And then the responsibility of, of every one of us, you and I included, to fact check to do a little more checking find out if it's really true or not which is something that i think has played into this especially uh, for liberals who can repeat and retweet and repeat and before you know it the narrative becomes bigger than those that would dare check it but you're also when i say you we as a society are also up against uh, something i i'm writing about today in the hill or have written about because it's already in the today's newspaper which is the weapon i of bureaucracies and agencies. In this example, uh, regarding COVID-19, I used California's AB 2098, which is designed to determine that if a doctor is disseminated or 
or uh, misinformation or disinformation on COVID-19 without any clear description, they can draw you before the medical board. So liberals and governors and, and legislatures like California will weaponize at the state level when they could not weaponize the disinformation governance board at the federal level. So they, they pick apart pieces of society. If you purchase a weapon or firearms or a gun safe, they look to code you differently with Visa, MasterCard, and Amex. So, you know, this is what we're facing is on this battlefield. Yeah. I mean, you've hit so many good points there. And it's, and it's kind of terrifying, you know, to be honest, because it's, it's, it's something that I never thought we'd see um, in the free world. But you know, as Reagan said, freedom is only one generation away from uh, from no freedom. And uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought your points there were very, very astute. Which is that when you've lost the debate in the marketplace of ideas, when you've lost the ability to convince people through free thinking arguments, you have to force them to agree with you. And the way you force them to agree with you is by using the institutions of the state to force them to agree with you. I mean, I read this morning, for example of a pro-life Catholic uh, activist uh, who, whose home was raided by 24 FBI agents this morning um, on the back of him blocking entrance, allegedly blocking entrance to an abortion clinic. Um, I mean, what a disproportionate response. What an absurd response. I mean, why on earth do you need two dozen FBI agents to raid the home of anybody? Um, you know, unless it's, a, unless it's a kind of siege scenario. But even if, <laughs> I mean... This is the point we're at, right? This is the point where the federal agencies and state agencies are being weaponized against their own populace. This is the first step on the road to serfdom, um, as Hayek famously wrote. You know, this this is a very dangerous, troubling time where where agencies of government are being weaponized against their own populace. Uh, of course, that's concerning. Of course, that's something we should, you know, want to push back against in the courts. Um, we should want to take as much legal and civic action against that as possible. You know, this is a this is a very dangerous situation to be in. And of course, as I said at the beginning, once you've lost the argument in the marketplace of ideas, you then have to use you know the the force argument, which is which is of course one that we're always trying to avoid. Once. Um, in so, the couple of minutes we have we have left Georgia, let's refocus on Parler and uh, what you're doing now uh, with Parler. I just want to give the audience or let you give the audience uh, a, a feel for your strategy, your your actions, and and what they can do as well. Yeah, well, thanks, David. I mean, we recently announced a, a purchase of a business, Californian business called Dynascale, which is a hosting operation. Um, so Parler is now restructured into Parliament Technologies, and we have obviously the leading social media brand Parler. We also have a major data center and cloud hosting operation. Um, this is a huge move for us, of course. We were canceled by Amazon, famously, um, and so we want to return to beat Amazon by having our own hosting operation. It gives us access to you know tens of thousands of square foot of data center operations, private cloud. Um, huge amount of hosting facilities, and we have a massive client list already, um, and we're doing more and more in this space in terms of infrastructure. Um, if, you're a, if you're a person out there who values free speech, then come along and use parlor.com. Um, we're back in both app stores, and that's uh, incredibly exciting, and we have a great app, which is working very well these days. 
um, much better than it ever was. And so we're excited to promote that and get people on the platform. All right, looking forward to it. And by the way, a lot of people privately have reached out to me about uh, what you're describing. And I like the fact that you say free speech. Some will ask, is there a conservative hosting company? Uh, But I'm just looking for one that will let you on. Matter of fact, uh, I think we may be talking a little business soon, George. So, uh, you know, it's time, time to go to free speech. I don't fear the other voice. I would rather defeat it out in the open. Exactly. Exactly. All right, my friend. I, I will be in touch, by the way, just for the record. So uh, pl- right. making plans of my own going forward. <laughs> I, I do not want to be canceled. Great. David, great to chat. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And thanks for the work you're doing. George, a farmer, parlor CEO, parlor.com. I mean, pretty straightforward there. Join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.